Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From WBZ News Radio in Boston, this is New England Weekend, where each week we come together. We talk about all the topics important to you and the place where you live. It's so good to be back with you again this week. I'm Nicole Davis. You might remember a few weeks back when we were talking with Connie Marigo from the National Marine Life Center in Buzzards Bay, and we were talking with her about a little seal named Cuyahoga. Now, this seal had been brought in from the Seacoast Science Center, and Cuyahoga had a world of problems. Everything from lice to digestive issues, parasites, all sorts of stuff. And she was definitely under a lot of stress. If you want to find out more about Cuyahoga's story, it is on the podcast, which you can find on any of your favorite services. And I actually was able to speak with Connie a couple days ago about Cuyahoga. And let's get that update now. Cuyahoga was found on a beach um, in distress by our partners at the Seacoast Science Center. And she was located in Essex, Mass. And they once they took a look at her, they knew that she was not a candidate to just go back right into the ocean without some sort of rehab. So they collected her and brought her to us. And she was very small and thin. So there's two different things. You can be underweight, um, but you can be small and underweight. And she just looked like an animal that was extremely tiny lengthwise. Um, but she also had a lot of health problems, which we really had to get busy correcting um, before we could move her into a much larger rehab pool and proceed with sort of the routine part of rehab. The beginning part of rehab is always a critical care part. We don't know these animals. We don't know what their blood parameters look like. We don't know what's causing the issues that we're seeing. So the first few days are always like a detective case where you have to start figuring out what's wrong with the animal other than what we can see, which is, you know, malnourished, dehydrated, et cetera. She had a laundry list of issues from what I remember, and that definitely made the job a lot harder for you. But it seems like it was only just a few weeks, what, six, seven weeks, and it was really a pretty intense turnaround. Yeah, it is amazing how quickly they respond to uh, antibiotic therapy and good nutrition. Excuse me, of course, clean water makes a big difference, especially for those that might have uh, any sort of a a cut or laceration, anything like that. Um, It really helps to give them good nutrition, regular feeds, and vitamins, things like that. But mostly it's really the antibiotics that help clear up the infections that we most commonly see. So I am happy to report, and I'm sure you are happy to see that Cuyahoga has been released. How did that go? It went really well. She was released on Monday, right after the snowstorm, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beach area was was fine. That the, the uh, tide had started going out, so all the snow was gone, and uh, she was ready. So once that gate, the the uh, gate to the crate, the transport carrier, I should say, mm-hmm. was open, there was a little bit of a pause there. But then once she made the commitment, uh, she was out of there. And you could see her swimming around in the shallows for a little while before she started to make her way out. But um, very alert, bright, responsive, and ready to go. 
Mm, it's a bittersweet feeling, I'm sure, watching these little animals go because on one hand, of course, you want them to thrive and succeed. But on the other hand, you grow an attachment to them while you're taking care of them. You do. It's hard not to, you know. I mean, these animals are um, in therapy. They're relying on you for uh, food, clean water, medications. You know, they don't really know what's going on. They're in an an, an artificial environment, if you will, in the rehab setting. Mm. Um, but, you know, it is our job to try to stay neutral and um, not get too attached to them <laughs> because we have to stay focused on making them better. And the end goal is always to get them back out into the wild and hope that they, you know, are able to live a full, uh, healthy life and make seal babies, you know, eventually. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with our sea turtles. Um, that is the whole point, especially with those animals, is they're endangered. And let's talk about those other seals you've got, because Cuyahoga, I believe, if I remember correctly, was the first seal back into your facility after you had a rehab done at the facility and uh, renovations and whatnot. Um, so you had Cuyahoga and you've had a couple others come in. Who do you have, I guess we could say, in-house at this point? Yes, we do. We have two other seals. Um, both of those seals happen to have come over from Nantucket. Hmm. And uh, the first one's been with us for a little while now. Um, and that one is Katmai. And that seal was very critical. When she got here, she was responsive, but barely. Hmm. And so, you know, that starts the whole process I mentioned earlier, where it's, um, you know, it's almost a blank slate. You don't know what is going on with them. So it's uh, blood work, it's x-rays, it's cultures to try to figure out what is causing the lethargy, dehydration, and the other signs that we're seeing. And that was a really long road. She was critical for several weeks and um, stayed in a, in a more confined area with limited access to water because we needed to give her fluids multiple times a day. Mm. And so... She's doing much better now. She actually is in her own tank, and she eats fish on her own. It is a, it's quite the turnaround uh, how much she has improved. But those first few weeks, the first two weeks at least, were very guarded. It was really nerve-wracking. Sure. And what about our other uh, seal friend from Nantucket? Ah, brand new, I will say. Brand new off the boat, um, literally. And he just came in last night, and it's a small gray seal pup. Mm. And it's covered in lanugo, which it's now shedding, but that's the often the coat they're born with. So it's that white, fluffy fur. Mm. And it's starting to fall out now, which is good, but he was found on the beach with an injury to his face, so he had a, a bloody area on his face. Um, underweight, uh, dehydrated, and just really looking depressed, not bright alert responsive, what you would want to see a wild animal. Should pick its head up when you approach, should look around, and this animal was really lethargic and down and out. Well, I'd be pretty depressed, too, if that happened to me and I wasn't with my yes. mom and I was a baby, <laughs> that poor thing. Oh, my yes. goodness. Oh. Well, um, you know, obviously this is the season where you're getting a lot of animals in. And mm -hmm. I thought about the fact that, you know, when this new pup came in, we were in the middle of a big storm. And also we've had the snowstorm, like you just mentioned. Tell me what it's like for these animals during the winter months when these storms are coming in and kind of knocking things all over the place. It's got to be tough. 
It is tough, and that's that's a really good point. Oftentimes, after an aggressive storm like these past two that we've seen, we will tend to see some of the young of the year or the weaker animals um, out resting maybe a little bit more than they normally would. So seals are semi-aquatic, which means they will rest on shore. And how often they rest depends on the age class and the and the uh, species. But uh, after a storm like that, the little ones that are just trying to figure things out often get really tired because they've been fighting those waves, mm. fighting the storm. And uh, so we do tend to see them on the beaches a lot more after a storm. It's pretty common if you're out walking. You'll you'll most likely see something depending on where you're walking and, and uh, how far you go. But for sure, it's uh, it's taxing on them, again, especially the pups. And this is pupping season for the gray seals. So there's these little babies. These are generally maybe 15 pounds, 16 pounds, hopefully gaining weight every day by nursing with their mom. But then eventually she's going to wean them. Yeah. One day she's going to determine that they're done and she's going to swim away. Mm. And now they've really got to figure it out. And hopefully that's not coinciding with one of these storms. Yeah, no, that would be awful timing on mom's part. Mm -hmm. I mean, nature's going to do what it's going to do. But (laughs) this is not the time to kick the baby out of the uh, proverbial nest, so to speak. Um, You know, and and of course, if you're walking along the beach, a lot of us like to go see the waves during a big storm like this. If you're at the beach, you're doing your thing and you see one of these seals, when should they call you? When should they just like either step in and call you and have a rehabber come out or just leave it alone? Great question. Um, I like to know um, sooner rather than later. And actually, it's not the National Marine Fisheries, uh, sorry, the National Marine Life Center, us, (laughs) that you'll be calling. Mm. It's the National Marine Fisheries Service. Okay. Uh, that does some of the uh, rescue. They certainly will field these calls. But it really depends on where you are. So let's say, for example, you're on Nantucket. I would say pull out your smartphone and Google who to call for an injured seal on the beach on Nantucket. And you should get a pop-up that will tell you, okay, it's the Nantucket. uh, There's a, a stranding team out there on Nantucket. Or you might be in New Hampshire or Northern Mass or uh, Southeast Mass, Fall River. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you are, if you Google that on your smartphone, if it's an area that the smartphone isn't picking up or it doesn't know, it's going to probably send you to the National Marine Fishery Service. Okay. And they have a recording that you can press a button if you're in, um, you know, whatever region that you happen to be in, and it will direct you. So, for example, most of Cape Cod is uh, covered by the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Mm-hmm. But the minute you go on to Nantucket, that's a different stranding group. And that, that's a lot of working together. You know, we were talking about how Cuyahoga came from the Seaco Science Center. And uh, you've got IFAW and all these other great groups doing their thing and then working with you to get these animals better. It's got to be a lot of emails and calls and bouncing stuff around. It is. It's a very well-defined stranding network. Um, We all know each other well. We actually meet as a network, all the organizations from Maine to Virginia, which make up our network. We have monthly, sometimes uh, more often calls a month, uh, where we coordinate. We talk about unusual cases, what people are seeing, um, and just what it's like moving animals around if people find a new technique in something. Um, there's a lot of sharing of information, really, to just make 
the the network make all the logistics in the network go as smooth as possible. You know, it's it's easy to forget when you're trying to figure out logistics for all of this that there is a little animal that's this is all about an injured animal that you're trying to get somewhere safe and get it treatment. Mm-hmm. And so if we aren't as coordinated as we are, then things can take longer than we want, and that's not good for the animal. Well, and of course, between you and your great volunteers and those of us out there just doing our thing on the beach, together hopefully we can keep a lot of animals safe this winter. Yes, that's the goal. So I would say if you see a seal, I would call right away. Mm -hmm. Take note. Do you see any blood? Do you see any injury? The Stranding Network uh, members will walk you through it, and nine times out of ten, they'll ask you for a photograph. You don't approach. You know, it's, it's these animals are protected by law, so you need to stay at least 150 feet away. But you can zoom in on most smartphones, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they will probably send a volunteer out to do a, a more detailed assessment and then make a decision. Do we want to leave that animal on the beach and we'll check it again in 24 hours, which is a standard rule by National Marine Fishery Service, mm-hmm. or do, does it need to be collected immediately? There's an injury, there's something life-threatening, or it, it really looks so bad that it's not going to make it 24 hours. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just easier for the rescue teams if they know as soon as possible because then they can factor that into any of the other animals that they're already looking at or if there's another stranding. Um, it just helps to know. And thanks again to Connie Marigo from the National Marine Life Center for that update. So excited to see that Cuyahoga is doing so well. And if you want to learn more about what you can do, how you can volunteer, how you can help uh, keep their mission going, because they have a lot of work ahead of them this winter, head to their website, nmlc.org. Again, that's nmlc.org. They are on Facebook as well at the National Marine Life Center. And you can find super cute videos of Cuyahoga's release on that Facebook. I'll share them on our Facebook page as well. If you haven't already connected with us, facebook.com slash New England Weekend would love to have you there. Have a safe and healthy weekend. Please join me again next week for another edition of the show. I'm Nicole Davis from WBZ News Radio on iHeartRadio. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.